Before we get into the episode, we'd just like to mention that due to the current global pandemic, we are conducting some of our discussions with guests on online mediums and therefore there might be some inconsistencies in audio quality in the conversations. Thank you so much for your understanding. Please note that the topics, issues and areas discussed in this podcast may cause distress to some listeners, as well as the possible use of bad language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Addressing the Elephant, the Mental Health Podcast. My name is Rachel. Uh, Thank you for joining me and continuing to have a conversation and create the space to have conversations about mental health. Today we are on part six of six of the partnership with IACAT, the Irish Association of Creative Art Therapists. It's the last part in the series. And in this episode, I'm talking to Keshet, Verid and Boaz, who are expressive art therapists here in Ireland. So needs no more introduction. Let's kick right into it. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by three expressive art therapists that are working in Ireland. We have Vered, Boaz and Keshet. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Rachel, for inviting us. So before we kind of get into what expressive art therapy is, because to be honest, I've heard about a lot of different creative therapies, but expressive art therapy wasn't one that I had heard of previously um, before getting involved in, in this podcast series with IACAT. Um, but maybe we'll get an introduction to each of you. So I don't know who wants to start and just kind of give us a bit about who you are, your background and, and such. Maybe I will start. So I'm Vered. Many years ago, as, as a teenager, I, I had kind of healing myself through through the arts and through nature and education was also something I like but not the formal education so very early age I was looking for how to continue with study arts and nature and so I'm I have a bachelor in education and literature and together with Boaz, uh, I've been looking for a way study art, but also in a way of therapeutic way. And that's still on the 80s. We, we found ourselves traveling in, in UK and in Scotland, in a different communities that work in, as a therapeutic center. We kind of, we, we also looked at different education paths and Rudolf Steiner and Anthroposophic was something that we've been interesting. Krishnamurti and his education, open education and democratic education. And uh, so slowly we start to kind of find our way. Together we open a kindergarten that was based on, on nature and uh, the children play freely in the garden and, uh, and we guide them into into how to create a more playful space. And after that, we kept on studying and we start our master in, I studied drama in Leslie College. And then later on, I finished the, the with connected with nature and ecotherapy in Switzerland, in EGS, in the European Graduate School. So our children also grow up in nature together with other children. And that's kind of, and we, 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 we moved to Scotland and afterward to Ireland and then took a break for a few years from Ireland and came back again to live in a community there. 
and after we left the community, we really, I continued the study and, uh, and opened the Expressive Arts Island as a therapy center for study and, and giving a session, individual and group session. So that's just a taste, a very quick out how it's all start. After I finished Boaz, after, during the study, Boaz joined me and then Kesha joined me. And that's became kind of our uh, holding together path. I studied in the beginning a special education and I became a special education teacher. I felt uh, something in me wanted to go into the arts, to, to experience the different arts. And uh, of course, my, my at attitude was a, a therapeutic one. And uh, I went to study expressive art therapy long ago. And uh, my main, because you had to choose uh, one art medium, and uh, I chose movement. And it was uh, very nice to, to experience that. But what happens when you, you begin to uh, let yourself open into the different arts, I, I felt that there are so many other arts in me that uh, are bursting out. And from a, a, a more to a focus on movement, I found myself more and more going into the world of storytelling. But it, it wasn't just the, the classical way of storytelling because it was a, an expressive art way. It was a storytelling that is being told through all the different arts, through movement and drama and story and music and nature and whatever. So it was, I felt that studying expressive art, there were loads of keys that were opening in me and were just, were there for me to explore and develop uh, and grow with it. And you heard uh, from Vered uh, lots of things that we did already together. Yeah, so Vered was the first one to go to the European Graduate School and then each of us joined a year after. So we were all a year below each other in Switzerland. So I think we all got to go to each one's graduation. Um, but before that, I studied, I studied art and I did a degree in photography and media. But thinking back at photography, in a way, I think that I was always very body-centered, that it was, that was photography maybe was, a, was the means, but it was more about, you know, any idea or any instinct I would have, it's, it's always with something that would start from, my, from a body reaction. And it, it was also really important for me when I studied art that it wasn't passive, maybe specifically with photography, because we're... Um, the, we're so exposed to so many images in a way that is really passive it doesn't necessarily bring a reaction to an action so for me it was always important in my art that there would be an action and an action doesn't mean okay you you see it and you go and do something an action is also an inside action like a reaction that has an action 
And I guess, you know, that's the power of working with the art because the art always brings an action. It always brings something new. You know, when we, we just stay with what we know in our kind of usual way of thinking, we are, we are just staying as we are. And the art is something that kind of that invites us to go into another another place, another experience. Um, and for me, that's like a whole body experience. It's, it involves all of the senses. And I think that's um, a very important quality of the expressive arts because we, because we work with all the different mediums, we are involved in all of the senses in the work. And it also kind of moves away from a spiritualization um, in, into any of the arts. Yeah, I was thinking today also about how this, this argument from kind of the beginning of time between like art and craft, which is also between like the use of arts in the everyday to something that has separated art into something that is far away from us. But, you know, art has always been a part of our human existence. And listening to your other podcast, I was also thinking of how this idea of like, oh, I can't do art you know, when I, I was hearing that in your, in your other interview, I was thinking, well, when did we start thinking that we can't do art, right? Because everyone starts as a child and before we even talk or do anything, you know, we already are, you know, experimenting with sounds and playing around and just living our life. And our life is with art, not separate to art. It's just one of the expressions that we, we have to work with. I think, you know, if there is a fear of can I do art, you know, maybe that fear is about other things as well. Maybe, maybe I can't do this or I can't do that. And maybe it's a part of a, a bigger thing. And I guess, you know, that's when, when art, you know, there's art, it could be therapeutic, but then there's therapy. And then therapy, we start making those connections. So if there is a feeling that I can't do something and might come out in the art, but it might be, about something wider within your own life absolutely like and it's something so obvious when you say it but when I think about it I'm like when when did we stop saying that I can do work because when you're a child you pick up a marker and you're like yeah this is what's coming out of me and this is expressing like you know if a child isn't upset you you'd, you'd scribble on the page or you'd kind of do some drama or even using dolls as like creating these scenes in a drama sense so when did we kind of lose that ability to just be so free with with expressive uh, be, being expressive and and with art in, in terms of expressive art therapy so I mean I've had conversations with all the different creative art therapists so far and I, I don't want to minimize expressive art therapy by saying is it kind of a hybrid of all of them in one but it seems that do you use all of the different kind of art mediums or can you explain to to us what there's, expressive yeah, art there's more differences mm-hmm. than just that's I think that's a big difference in in action right in in like what's available but saying that I would say some art therapists will have music instruments in their room and why not like you know um so I think even you know an art therapist who studied visual art you know might decide to integrate other things but expressive arts is is phenomenological based so it's the experience as it appears at this moment and time. So it's not coming from a Freudian perspective of the unconscious. It's the study of the conscious as it presents itself to you now, rather the study of the unconscious. 
So in practice, it might feel kind of similar, but it is a distinctively different thing. And because of that, you know, so let's say you've created something and that has a specific impact at this moment for you. When you look at it the next day, it might have a completely different experience and a meaning to you because it's a it's study of that experience as it appears and also how it came to be. Right. So it's really looking at at what has happened within the consciousness, within the moment. And, and it's and it's also, I mean, art therapy, it's expressive arts was developed in the 70s. So it's developed at a different time. I say how, how expressive art uh, therapy was developed. It all started uh, in the 70s in uh, Boston, in the US. There were uh, a number of, of artists and a number of therapists and they, they all came together and they thought, they were asking like, how, how can we combine the different arts, different therapies, how, how can we work with, with it all and, and make it uh, holistic, therapeutic, artistic? And um, so came different people there. There came like uh, poets, uh, musicians, physicians, people even from sport, from, from so many different areas. And they, and they, first of all, they did the, together, they worked together and they, they tried to learn from each other because maybe uh, someone was, uh, was into visual art and, and didn't know enough about music. So each time someone else would lead a, would lead a, a session and, and, uh, and bring uh, their gifts, their knowledge. And slowly they, they took all, all, all the things that they were experiencing and, and they were trying to develop uh, from it all like a method, like uh, how can we actually make one thing out, out of it? And, uh, and they called it expressive arts therapy. And since the 70s, it's been uh, developed and, um, and became uh, slowly popular uh, all over the world, like in different countries, uh, schools were open that belonged to that first place, which is uh, Leslie College in Boston, Massachusetts. So for instance, when, when we studied expressive art therapy, we started in Israel, and we continue to study it in uh, Switzerland. So, because uh, teachers who began it in Boston, they opened a, a school in the Alps in Switzerland. And that's where we kept on our study and uh, we did our master and we began our PhD. Yeah, so every school has uh, its own uh, speciality to this wonderful thing. I can add that also, as I said in the beginning, I, I start with drama therapy and storytelling, and then I discover myself more connected with the nature as that what kind of helped me. And when I, I study the nature around me and I suddenly use more of my sense 
I discovered there's so much in this and there's so much that I even didn't think about my path that all my children was called names from nature. So, so suddenly I, I, I said, no, nature is my kind of, if I'm going to research, I will, I take nature and I work with the nature. So in, in, in the session, you at least use two modules of different arts. So it's not that we are just like in nature. I, I'm using, I can use poetry and I can use singing and, and movement. And I can also uh, create art, visual art with the material that nature has given me. And so it's all come together. And so we don't split it and say, now we are doing that, now we are doing that. We are kind of taking it as a process. So the, the therapeutic session is a process. It's not you don't divide it now we do that and now we do that and so it's it's give a feeling of you are you are supported by by the environment and also you kind of listen and observe the the client and see maybe the client have a very strong music intelligent and and that's his kind of passion so you use you use what is exist and then you can take him to a process and offer him suddenly, even if his music, maybe his body needs some movement. So you start to, to, to help him with the music to go through the movement, to go through the, to the visual art. Suddenly you, you find yourself writing a story about it. So they have all this hold the person in a, in a kind of a very secure space that allowed him to bring whatever is exist and together with what exists and the sense what we bring, then he have the, the full capacity to make a healing process. And I really, I really loved what you said there, that we work with what's already there. And it's in terms of like the term for it would be resource oriented. Yeah, so we will focus on, you know, what, are, what is already working? How, how are you here? What has kept you going, you know, and then add on to that. And I was thinking maybe a way that we could explain a bit about it is through the architecture of a session, because expressive art is a method, right? And in this method, you can use different art mediums. But really, you know, sometimes in our studies, we were referred to as change agents, right? So a change agent, and you have all those different tools. And then how do you bring a person through that process? And what we do is we start by first of all sensitizing into the process and increasing that awareness of of the senses you know and when we when you do that you're immediately already much more in your body and that's just by being aware of the smells and the sights and the touch and the sounds you already are a lot more present within your body and after you go into this experience of sensitizing then you kind of go into what we call decentering which might sound like the opposite of, you know, when you first hear that term, but the decentering process is what is the kind of the main, the, the heart of it is when you're really creating and you're really in the zone and you're really making something and kind of have moved away from the initial, from the, the tension, the stress that you're going through. So you're going in, you're kind of going to, you're decentering from it into that place. And then after that, you go through the harvesting so the harvesting process is when you kind of pick the fruit of what was created by looking at how 
what you made, how it was, what challenges you had through it and how did you overcome them? And then there is kind of a bridge into the your lived experience and then there's an opportunity to see what in what I made connects into my lived experience and what what could it say about it or what can I learn differently about it through having that experience so I think I'm just I'm trying to picture and it like it all sounds very like I'm, I'm fascinated listening I will say that and I'm trying to think I suppose I'm coming from a, a, a perspective that I don't fully know how it is so essentially the way I'm kind of understanding is you, you kind of come into the session and process with how you are right now and where you are in the present and then use that to reflect on say something from say I had a trauma or something like that I what what comes up for me now I can then try and look at reflect and then I use what has come out to maybe look into a trauma from my past but that's not necessarily what I bring to it or not well everything that you are everything that you <clears throat> that you have been to comes to expression within the moment within this moment right now there's no there's no going away from that like every everything that is made us who we are gets to be expressed in this moment right now you know I say it's also really different when you're working with children teenagers adults you know when you're working individually, it's very much about the presence and the holding and the relationship. So I wouldn't, there isn't like a, a dogma or a frame that I'm trying to kind of be strict to and push somebody into that process. When I work with individuals, you know, it often, you know, it starts through a conversation. And then as, you know, especially with teenagers when you start making things it actually makes the conversation also easier you know but it could be that you're talking and then something kind of comes up and then from that moment then you can you know because we that's our expertise then we could say okay let's let can we explore this further can we try can we look at it in this way so it's kind of it's quite natural the reason like so and it does look different with with different people and but I'd say like language is is often how we make sense of everything you know so language is very important like sometimes you think in the art therapy it's not about language but language is a part of it you know but it's kind of this thing of like um there is this movement of staying in maybe the pain of reality and then going somewhere else getting like collecting something from that going back here going and I mean that's very much like I guess in trauma studies especially um is what you do is you go back and forth from that place so first of all like when you come to a session you come for to a safe space and we don't come with kind of agenda that's what we're going to do the room the expressive arts room have the different material that you can use and sometimes you can just sit outside and you use what is, exists outside. So first of all, the, the idea of uh, listen to what the person bring with him. So how are you doing? And maybe share something that happened to you. And that's kind of open. And through the kind of the way that we see how he talk and how he express and what he express, and you feel something in you that can offer him to to go around and choose something that can help you to to continue to the process of doing and then afterward kind of you reflect about what you're doing so 
you you don't like you, it's not theory that come in and out it's like the only what the person what the client bring for himself so suddenly he talked with his own artwork and he asked question and maybe he get receive answer from the from what he done and then kind of to you you help him to make the bridge as cash had said the bridge out to the normal life so what you harvest as as the the farmer is doing what you harvest from the from the land that you grow so what you harvest from this session that give you the tools to continue to give you the the ability to continue life the person come out with it's not what I'm saying it's what he is doing through the process he get the, the tool that's relevant to him to what his needs so this is really making it very so it's not something that you know it's the the process that you just uh, lead him and show him and, and and open him the space to 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 find what is right for him and the other things that I think it's also interesting in the expressive art is that it's not that you need to be good enough in something. You are good as a human and humanity is the, the, the first things. You are a human, you have different gifts and there's nothing that you are not able to do. It's all open. So that this feeling is kind of going like the water that you you give to the plant so the, the the client suck the energy of what you're giving him the space to grow and sometimes yes yeah, sometimes we need help so he can ask for help and that he reflect about what is you know like we make a kind of a dialogue or we make a play short play so i'm a helper for him but for me i'm very clear in the process so i know how to lead him i know where i want to, i know that he need to go out in the end so i try to to build him the same like i put beside a young tree i put a wood stick to hold him this is my kind of i'm holding him that he will be able to grow out and we all live in trauma and we all need to do the process so our therapeutic work is on the process. It's not end in one session. It's something that connect and I open and maybe you take a break for a few months and then you continue. So it's a dialogue that you can continue on with this. Also, we show him or we show her how to continue through the week. That's something that can grow as we all grow and we can all grow out of trauma. Yeah, we, we also work in... Uh in groups the power of group is that the group can help each individual to to make the change to grow to develop and we we believe in uh, we call it gifts in order to help each person in the group to to create what we do is that the group the whole time gives like gifts to the individual. So I'll give you just an example to make it more like practical. We, there can be like an instance that let's say each one in the group uh, created a, a work of art. And then the, there will be a, a stage that everyone will walk around the different artworks and give a, a kind of a gift, will write something 
maybe one sentence or a word about your work of art. And then you receive the person who did artwork receives words of gifts from all the group. Now, the person has a treasure of gifts of words. And with the words, suddenly, if he likes, he can write a song or a poem or a story. And the person doesn't need to think, wow, what will I write about? How will I find words? You already begin with a treasure of words. You have so many uh, wonderful words that they, they reflect uh, something in your artwork and you can use that treasure and, and you can begin to write. And you, be, you, can, you can, maybe you thought that you can never write and suddenly you have a poem and you, and you get the courage uh, to read it before the whole group and and the, the group can um, together with you uh, maybe uh, create a piece of drama with you the the writer of that poem or of that song of that story and so the whole group the whole time is used in a positive way to enhance and help each other in the group grow in their own uh, creativity. And, and we've been working in, with people, with group of people with cancer or brain damage or different, uh, or depression. So suddenly, you know, you feel like you are the only one with this, but a group really holds you because you see, ah, oh, they have other people. And then the combination and the relationship that start in the group. And I always saying that we always, we have two hands, one that we can hold someone and the other one that we can be held by someone. And that's kind of give the people the feeling that they are not alone. And that's something that really need in our communities now that people feel so isolated and so depressed. So when they feel that, ah, oh, wow, I gave these words and suddenly I hear it in this poem, it's give you a feeling I'm connect. I'm not just kind of a unvisual person. I, I, I have something that I can give and it's still like stay with us. So I feel, I feel, wow, I'm, I, I'm a gifted. I'm not just a hopeless person. And I suppose in a way it kind of helps in not only how we relate to ourselves, but in relating to others as well, when you're in that kind of group aspect. One thing that came up for me is in the sense that I know if I've had conversations with, say, friends or people over the years, it's kind of like, oh, I'll go to a therapy to fix me. But actually the way you're kind of expressing it is like, no, we're helping you find the ways and the tools and the aspects of what you already have inside you to help you kind of grow and prosper and develop as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. And that's give you more courage that you are able and you are not a hopeless because that's something that's really difficult to especially young people that kind of get you are not good in this and you are not good in that. So what I am, no, you have. It's just like so many levels of kind of close you. But when you feel this trust, you feel... I can share, you feel ah, I am around others that also need help. 
And I also want to mention that expressive arts, we work in Ireland with not just in a therapeutic, we work in education, we work in social change, and we do community gathering. And then also sometimes we do performance as a, as a whole group. But this kind of really help us to hold the community because again, we are not living as isolated people. We are living in part of a community. And for me, when I work with nature, I also believe that lots of our resources are staying around where we live. So we need to find them. So maybe I suddenly discover that I'm connecting to the tree that grow in the garden. And that's, I'm looking at it, I touch it, I smell it. I'm together with the tree and I can do my own process to, to find how I can heal myself. And, and people find different things, kind of, I'm saying that always around us, that's, that's the things that, that we need for healing ourselves. And in a way, we always think, ah, they have in India or they have in America or somewhere else that someone can fix me. No, the fixing is, is something that you need to find that exists around you. All this information is you get lost because they have so much information around you. So how I choose. So it's like I'm going to a shopping center. They have lots of shop, but if I'm not really sure what I want, what I'm looking for, I get lost in all the, all the gifts that around me. So actually to really find what, what is me, and maybe some people need to go through the past. Maybe people can go through just from the present. It depends. Some people are, you know, more mature people. Sometimes something's stuck in the back and they need to kind of refresh it, restore it again, re-choose it, you know, and suddenly, wow, it's actually not such a problem. I can, I can deal with this. But, you know, we have a rucksack and we hold this rucksack and we walk with this rucksack and, it's, and we study so much, but we don't study about ourselves. And with the expressive arts, you can relax and start to understand. You look at your nails, you look at your body, you start to express yourself. And, and suddenly you feel, ah, I'm the power. I, I have it. And one of the, the things is that, you know, like we are not in the Walt Disney movie. We are all different and the different make it interesting. And that's something that the, the community need to embrace and, and, and help it to, to help people. And I think now we are more kind of going through uh, such a difficult time with COVID that maybe something can change on the way that I thought about community, about the land, about what exists around me. Because, you know, in, with the COVID you needed to stay at home. So what I'm doing, nobody sometimes we miss this that nobody really helped me and if you think about the old irish family so if you're stuck at home you take the pot you take the forks and you take the spoons and you play and make music with your children and that's the that was bringing happiness to the family and playfulness so some family took the covid for change and made this change and made the family connection more together but some got lost and maybe now it's time to refresh ideas and helping, guiding family how to continue on and how each individual have a spicy flavor 
smell that we can all kind of create a lovely party and a lovely family. And I think even uh, you have the family aspect, but I think as well over over the last kind of 18 months, the way people engage in general has changed. I know, for example, myself and my friends were definitely disengaged from social media and we're actually looking for these mediums like, oh, let's share an experience together, whether it's being out in nature, whether it's being creative, whether it's, we're all kind of gravitating more towards that sort of interaction. So definitely, I think that's that's even impacted people in general in terms of because you were talking about like community and different groups that you would work with. To me, it's kind of getting the sense that anyone from not to 100 plus could interact with something like expressive art therapy. I'm assuming there's no kind of limitation as long as you're open to the process or at least open to the opportunity to engage in the process. Yes, absolutely. We, we've been, before the COVID era, <laughs> we've been traveling uh, for a few years, especially in uh, what is called third world countries. We went to, to facilitate uh, workshops with uh, communities. It was, it's really wonderful because you can absolutely see how all humans are we are creative and we are all kind of the same. Yeah, we all have our ch- unique challenges, unique colors, yeah, but we're all humans. We, we are, I mean, yeah, we've been, uh, politics have divided us so much, but we are so, so alike. It's amazing. And we went to facilitate workshops many times with very poor communities. And these communities, they were from all ages. So you had children and parents and grandparents and single people and all ages. And, and no matter like uh, if, if you haven't studied in school, you did study in school, everyone uh, like uh, so were into, into, the, into the creativity, into the community work. Uh, yeah, it, it was wonderful, wonderful. We we worked with uh, street children in uh, Kathmandu, in Nepal, who really have nothing, like really so little. And and the parents, they are busy working uh, trying to make a living. And, and there is like a, a very simple, very, very simple center where where the children can all come and, and there is, they have nothing, but you can work with them so much with so little because you can work with them on stories and you can create dolls from, from scraps, from things that maybe sometimes in the rich countries we think, ah, this is garbage, but no, it's, it's treasure. You can make so beautiful things and, and the children, they were so uh, fascinated into creativity. It's like uh, I say in the third world, maybe it comes back to the word crafts, but there is something still in their, uh, in their bodies yeah, in the that, they, that they, they are creating. They're always creating, creating, creating. And yeah, we, we lived in a, in a monastery with nuns and girls from five to 18. And you think, wow, okay. Like how will it be to work with Tibetan nuns 
in an expressive art way like like will it work will will it how will we do it and the first thing we said before we begin we want to work with the teachers because if we have the teachers on our side they will be our helpers and it was wonderful it was wonderful everywhere everywhere where we've been south america any any place like uh, it's it's such a gift and so i think you have uh, is it an organization is called expressive arts ireland yeah. do you want to tell us a bit about that is that what you use to kind of do all of these international kind of experiences and stuff like going out to like is it Kathmandu or um south america and all that sort of stuff you go that through like the expressive arts ireland and then in in terms of ireland is that where you would facilitate you know the group work if you're i don't know do you specifically do one-to-ones as well you, you probably have the capacity to do it but do you kind of more go for group work or kind of what does that look like in, in terms of um in ireland and, and i mean internationally as well but i think you've given us a scope of what you do internationally as well Yes, that's under Expressive Arts Ireland. And then I have also my own uh, my own practice where I work with individuals. But we also have people come to Ireland. So it's, it's kind of both ways. So we've run a six years program for students in Hofstra University in New York. And they study art therapy and counselling. And then they come to us for 10 days of kind of like immersion into the expressive arts but also through the culture so I think Verit has touched on that but it's we always work with what's around us you know and what what's available and and always with integration into the culture so whether it's going to Nepal and working with what's there or whether it's in Ireland and working with what what is here but expressive arts Ireland I think officially started in 2010 it's when we started teaching together um, and also we are affiliated with the European Graduate School. So we teach students towards their masters in the European Graduate School by, by getting credits with us. So, but all the information, we have the website and we have Facebook activity, Facebook page that called Expressive Arts and have lots of people. And Instagram. And Instagram. And, and as I said, you know, we, we, therapeutic is part of our life. So we, we don't separate it as something that's connected to education. But when we work in individual, we work in a very therapeutic way. In a, in a group or in a community, we work a bit different. But we use some, we use the process to kind of help the community. And so, but lots of the information is on online, so people can reach out through website or to their Facebook or to their Instagram. And I think that's also give people the feeling that they are not alone. And I'm trying to to work with teacher because if we need another year of Zoom, we need to make the Zoom not just taking the class session and put it on a zoom because the children will show us that's not the that's not the way <laughs> so how to create more integration even that we are still in zoom that you are not you are not just you a square on the teacher's screen uh, you kind of show and you can also have more your own individual processing through that you can show the others or group work or 
So they have lots of still things to study through how to work with Zoom and how to continue our education. And it's again more connected for me that they have not enough study about us, about who I am and what is what what is my ability and how I can actually do more in this world. So it's slowly, that's the reason we are still connected with education, social change and therapeutic work. Mm -hmm. But I think even all of this, I have a background in social care and I have a background in youth work. And I think being involved in the education process and stuff, what I, I don't understand as a society in general, why we separate all these different aspects, because if we're utilizing them within groups and using it with young people and, you know, people as they're growing, it's going to become an inherent part of our growth and our abilities to kind of process whatever's going on for us. Yeah. So I think it shouldn't be separated, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today and having this conversation with me. It was really interesting for me to get an insight um, into, into the world of expressive art therapy and what it, what it can mean for people. If anyone was interested in finding out more about uh, expressive art therapy, expressive arts Ireland, any of the three of you, where might they go to find some sort of this information? So there's our website, expressiveartsireland.com. And then we are registered with IACAT, so, so you can find us on the list of practicing therapists. I'm personally based in Dublin, so you could um, meet with me in person in Dublin, or all of us are online as well. Um, and then we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page as well, Expressive Arts Ireland. So yeah, they're very... And, and an email address as well, <laughs> expressiveartsireland at gmail.com. So you're welcome if you're if this is interesting to you, if you have any questions, you're welcome to send us an email and we'll get back to you. And Send an email, follow you on all the socials and see yeah. what it is that you're doing. And maybe even at some point when we're able to be back in person, attend a group or uh, interact mm. with, uh, with a session. Great stuff. Well, thank you again so much for, for having this conversation with me. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed listening to this series in, in collaboration with IACAT, the Irish Association of Creative Art Therapists. Uh, this was the last episode in the series. Um, it's the last of the modalities of creative art therapists in Ireland. If you missed any of the previous episodes, be sure to click back through wherever you're listening to this. We, I had uh, conversations with art therapists, music therapists, dance and movement psychotherapists, drama therapists, and then obviously the expressive art therapists. Um, thank you to everyone who I, I had a conversation with, um, to Rachel, to Leslie, to Jessica, to Heather, to Willa, to Noemi, Vered, Boaz and Kesha. Did I miss anyone? I possibly did. Heidi, Emma, I forgot Heidi as well. <laughs> so, um, and of course, Rachel and Ashling and everyone at IACAT. Thank you so much for um, agreeing to partner with me and have, you know, educate people and share this information about the creative art therapies. Uh, I really appreciate it. So thank you for listening. As always, if you have any questions or any thoughts, be sure to get in touch on uh, social media. So we have Facebook and Instagram at thegreenelephant.ie and greenelephantmh on Twitter. Thank you for listening and thank you for helping create a space about to have conversations about mental health. And we'll catch you next time. Address the elephant in the room. Your mental health matters.